All right. Good morning, family. Good to see you guys. Might have some visitors in the house. Just want to say welcome home to New Life Church. Glad you guys are here with us today. Did you notice anything missing today? Rain. It's like the first time in, I think, three years we didn't have rain on a Sunday or on a weekend. So come on. How many of you guys are thankful for the beautiful weather outside? Yeah. One thing I don't like about it is I don't have an excuse not to mow the yard anymore. So hate it for me. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles, if you're going to be looking on the Bible app on a phone somewhere, uh, that's where we're going to be looking. We're in this series, um, Path, where we're talking about you know, what does it take to live your everyday walk with God? How many of you, every year, you go in for an annual physical? Annual physicals, anybody? Go in for an, how many of you guys just kind of look in the mirror like, oh, it looks okay, and so you don't go. You just kind of just roll that way. Okay, all right. That, you're usually the people I have to visit in the hospital and pray over. So, But uh, today it's going to be kind of like an annual spiritual, if you will, where I, I, want, I want to examine your spiritual health. Uh, specifically today, we're going to look at your hearing. How well do you hear? Specifically, how well do you hear the voice of God? One of the most important things in your walk is your ability to hear the voice of God. As your pastor, oh man, it's really important to me that you hear from God. Honestly, you hearing from God makes my job easier. Uh, when I know that you're connecting with God and God's leading you in your personal walk, in your personal life, man, it, it's awesome. And here's the thing, when I say I want you hearing from God, I'm not talking about like the weird nut jobs that think that they hear God and like everything that happens, like oh, I ate at KFC today because I thought God wanted me to, like that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but I, but I do think it's important that you know what his voice sounds like for you uh, and that you're able to respond to his voice in your life because you're gonna need to hear from God. You're gonna need a word from God in different phases and transitions and seasons of your life. If you're looking at a career change, you're going to want to hear from God. If you're looking at moving to a different city, you're going to want to hear from God. If you're in a season where you're getting ready to get married or you want to get married, you're going to want to hear from God. If you own a couple of teenagers in your home, you are going to need to hear from God. When you're crying out in desperation, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and all kinds of things. But we've got to hear from God. It's one of the most important subjects, honestly, maybe that we could talk on is how to hear the voice of God. And what, what are the things that keep you from hearing the voice of God? If you think about it, this is one of the basic tenets of our faith. One of the basic principles of being a Christian is that we believe that we have a relationship with this infinite God. That even though he created the spans of space and he's outside of time, even though he's this big sovereign God, that he still speaks to us. That he's not too wrapped up in the big things that are happening around the world, like oppression in the Sudan or, or flooding in South America, or why did Brad and Angelina really break up? You know, big things like that. That he's not so busy with those things that he isn't still speaking to us individually because he is and typically the issue is not whether or not God is speaking because God is always wanting to speak the issue is whether or not we're listening and if we're not why aren't we listening 
When you hear God's voice, it's going to make you fruitful in life and is going to give you direction. One of the most important things about it is I think it confirms in you who you belong to. The word says that his sheep know the sound of his voice. And so one of the biggest reasons why it's important that you can hear the voice of God, know what it sounds like for your life, is just simply so you can say, wow, like he really does want to talk to me. He, he has something to say to me. Like, I'm like a Christian and stuff. Like he, he's still speaking to me. He has something to say about my life. Because there's going to come a point in your life when you're going to need to see clearly what's going on and what he's trying to do. Because a lot of times we can miss those things. They can be right in front of us. They can be really obvious things. But if, if you don't know what the voice of God sounds like, then you can miss it completely. Women typically have much better peripheral vision than men. No man likes to admit that their wives or a woman would be better at anything than them. But the truth is this, women have better peripheral vision. That's why, statistically speak, speaking, women get sideswiped way less than men get sideswiped. How does this play out in the home? Well, I, I could be looking in the refrigerator for something. And I could be like, Cody, where's the butter? She's like, it's in the fridge. I'm like, I'm looking in the fridge and I don't see the butter. Now, here's the thing. When a woman opens a fridge, she can see everything that's in there all at once, right? They, need, they know every product that is in, they know exactly, they can see it all. But, but we as men, we're like doing this weird like home plate umpire crouching over thing, just kind of bobbling our heads back and forth, trying to figure out, you gotta have really strong lower back muscles, you know, just cause you're gonna be there looking for a while, but I can be looking in there like, no, no, there is no butter in here. And you know what happens next. She just simply walks over, grabs it and hands it to me. It's like witchcraft basically, like, <laughs> you know, or that shirt that you're looking for in the closet and you can't find it, she just hands it to you. I think a lot of times our Christian walk can be like that too, where, man, it is right in front of you. But if you don't know what the voice of God sounds like, then you're going to miss out on something. And sometimes the thing that you miss out on is God's protection. And sometimes the thing that you're going to miss out on is, is his blessing. And he wants to hook you up, but you've got to know what the voice of God sounds like. It says in Job 33, 14, for God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. See, the hearing part is on us, not God. We're the ones that have to put ourselves in a position to hear the voice. And some would say, well, he's God. So look, if he wants to get my attention, he'll, he'll yell loud enough. No, that's not actually the way God works. Actually, in the word of God, it says that God, typically when he speaks, he, he speaks in a gentle, quiet voice. Sometimes it'd be nice, you would think, like, God, if I'm getting off track, just yell and scream at me so I know. But, but God speaks quietly and softly. Why? Because he knows you're going to have to lean in and be close to him to hear his voice. But what are the things that keep us from, from being in that place, from hearing his voice, from the leaning in part? of life. 
Well, I want you to lean in today. I, I, want, you to, I want you to take some notes today. I, I want, because I think that this is going to apply to every person in this room. So but this is what I want to do. Uh, how many of you guys are going to be on your phone during the service? Go ahead and raise your hand if you're going to be on your phone during the service. Now, you know, you're just taking notes or you're reading your Bible, okay? So if you're, if you're going to be using your phone for your Bible or taking notes, this is what I want you to do. If you have an iPhone, I want you to hit the home button twice. It's going to bring up all the apps that you're running. And I want you to close every app except your Bible. If you have an Android or some other rare form of phone, uh, I think on the Android, you, there's a little button where it, you push it and all the windows come up and, and you can close them out. So push that, close out the windows except for your Bible. And the reason why is because <laughs> too many of you have way too many apps running in the background. And that's the reason why you can't hear the voice of God. And, and, and so I want you just to shut all that down for now. Uh, some because it's a cool analogy, but also because I can see everything that you're doing from up here, okay? So like when, when you're like, oh, that's really good, but you're doing this, I know you're not reading your Bible, <laughs> okay? When you're picking your nose and you think that you're being so sneaky about it, I see you picking your nose. Even if you're like, no, man, I was just scratching it. I'm like, wow, that booger was way, way up in your brain, you know, that you were scratching, but I think it's important that we lean into what God has to say. There's this parable in Luke chapter eight that Jesus is speaking. And he's talking about a farmer that goes out uh, to plant seeds. And uh, in Bible times, they didn't go around planting like individual seeds in individual spots. They would do what you call broadcasting. So they'd have a plot of land. And once the soil was prepared, they would, they would cast the, the seed out on that land. And and if you want to geek out on this, really what the tracts of land looked like, there were these narrow, long tracts of land with a footpath on the sides and then a footpath that went down the middle. And so what they would do is they'd walk down the middle and they'd cast seed out on both sides and it would hit about the middle of each side and then they'd walk on the outside footpath and it would cover the rest of it. But they would throw this seed out, but it would hit different kinds of soil. And some of it would land on the footpath. Some of it would land in other places. And this is an analogy about the word of God and how the word of God is received in each one of our lives. And so in this, it talks about four different types of soil that the seed is hitting. And for us, it means there's four different types of hearts that the word of God is hitting. Now, a lot of people may misunderstand this because it's not actually talking about people types, okay? It's not talking about four different types of people. It's not like, well, Jared's just hard-hearted and close to the word of God and Bernie's way too busy and Ethan's just shallow and I'm the one that hears from God. You know, it's not saying that. What it's saying is that at any given point, any one of us can have one of these four attitudes in our lives. Our attitudes towards hearing the voice of God can be represented in these four different types of soil. How do we see and hear what God is saying? First of all, I must soften my heart. I must soften my heart. It's kind of like your life is a container, your heart is a container, and at one point or another, you have to take the lid off. You make the decision, you take the lid off, 
so you can receive what God has to give. And that's when things really start clicking in your life. Um, but you have to be open to this. The reason why Jesus said, you know, come to me like kids, come to me with childlike faith is because kids have tremendous faith, but they're innocent. They're, they, they don't come with a lot of preconceived notions. They're innocent. Now, it's not saying walk around gullible and naive. It's just saying walk around open. Anybody raising young kids right now? Anybody raising young kids in here? Well, have you noticed that they'll believe almost anything you tell them? Like, you gotta be careful. Because you can say some stuff just like joking around, but they, they will take it very seriously, very literally. Uh, Reeves, our youngest son, he's, he's the money kid, okay? Uh, like, he, he's really fascinated with saving and knowing how much things cost and all that, which I love. It means we'll have at least one kid that's going to be rich and pay for mommy and daddy someday. You know, it's going to be awesome. But, but he's really focused in, and, and so he loves to, he loves to save, and, and we'll, so we'll give him like a quarter, basically, like 25 cents a week, something like that for him doing little chores and different things like that around the house. And, 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 but one day he came to us and, and, and we said, you know, it's, it's good that you're saving, you know, because, you know, you want to save up for college. Well, one day he came to us and he's like, hey, mom and dad, how much does college cost? <laughs> and we're like, well, I mean, okay, you know, it depends on... For you, it's going to be free because you're brilliant and you're going to get all kinds of scholarships, you know. But, but for the other kids, uh, you know, we, we, we gave him an amount. So you heard the amount and he went away for a couple of minutes. And when he came back, he was really, really upset. And he said, you don't want me to go to college. <laughs> like, no, but, but yeah, we do. No, you don't. No, you don't. I get a quarter a week. <laughs> Do you know how many quarters it's going to take to pay for college? You don't want me to go to college. <laughs> He's like really serious and intense about that kind of stuff. Like we're just, we're, we want him to fail because we're giving him a quarter a week when college costs so much. Because he just took what we said like, hey, you're going to have to save up for college. He just took it very literally, seriously. Another time I was out walking with Corbin and we were walking by this house and there was this really big, mean dog on the other side of this very, very flimsy fence. Like every time the dog jumped up on it, it looked like that fence was gonna give. And Corbin looks at me and says, dad, I'm not scared of the dog because you told me you could beat down a bear. And, uh, and that's just a dog. So, I, so I'm not gonna run. And I'm like, I have made a serious mistake. But we were totally safe because there are a couple other slower kids close by and the dog would have got them first. So. I'm glad for the slow kids in our neighborhood. But, but that, those couple of words, those couple of things spoken into our kids and it went deep into their hearts. I think that's what God is saying. Like, what if we were positioned that way and how we heard his voice? Like, what? What's he gonna say next? Okay, God, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm gonna, just letting that go deep down into our hearts, but, the, but we've gotta be willing to hear. Our hearts have to be soft for that to happen. So it says in, in verse five, some seed fell on the path and it was trampled on and the birds of the air came and ate it up. 
verse 12 talks about what this is representing. Those along the path are like people who hear, and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so they cannot believe and be saved. There's two characteristics to this footpath. First of all, it's narrow. Second of all, it's really, really hard. Anybody have like a path that they, they walked on a lot growing up? You know, either having to walk to school or out to your fort or something like that. When you walk on that path a lot, man, it really hardens that path. When I was growing up, I, had, I grew up around horses. A lot of our friends had cattle, and so I worked cattle a little bit. Every once in a while, you find a path that the cattle would walk on these paths over and over and over again. Man, when those, those cows would walk on that path every day, it could rain for a week, and it would not soften that path because it had been trampled on so much. It was like concrete. And what it's saying is sometimes that's what happens to our heart. You know anyone like that? You know, just really narrow-minded, hard-hearted. That it's like nothing is going to get through to them. And sometimes you're, you can be in church, you can see this playing out where there can be somebody that's just, man, just taking it all in, like taking notes and amening and all that kind of stuff. And then a person next to him, nothing's happening. Nothing. They're not getting anything. Why? it probably means that their, their heart has gotten hard. What are the things that cause a heart to get hard? First of all, I think selfishness does it. I think when you're just in a place where you're like, you know, I just want to live my life my own way, to kind of do my own thing for me. I think when you're in that place, your, your heart's going to get hard. I think another thing is, is bitterness. Bitterness. Now, I'm going to say something that's kind of confrontational, if you will. Like the kind of confrontational, it's like, okay, ushers, guard the doors because people are going to try to leave. Uh, I find when the, when, the, when the Lord is asking us to have a soft heart, he is not saying be overly sensitive. That's not what he's saying. And, and what I find is too often in the body of Christ around Christians, we have gone the way of culture where we have become very thin-skinned and hard-hearted. And some of the most offended and offendable people I know are Christians. And it is an oxymoron. Because of Jesus and the cross, we can be, and I think should be, some of the most unoffendable yet full of grace people sucking air on the planet. But too often, we are not. And if you are offendable, please stay off of social media. Please, for everything that is good, holy, godly, wise, brilliant, just stay off of social media because there are people on social media that are looking for you. They are hunting down you. They can't wait to find you. They are trolling on every feed and every thread looking for the offendable Christian because they know they can get you riled up and get you to say something stupid that's gonna hurt the witness of the church. So please, if you're there, let's deal with it. Let's let the grace of God work that soil in your heart so you're not hard-hearted. Because Christians should be thick-skinned, but the most gracious, compassionate people on the planet. 
But so often I see people in this place of bitterness and they may say, well, no, I'm just, I'm just really tender towards the things of God. But they're offended by everybody. I'm sorry, but when you are really open to the things of God, you forgive. You forgive. And if you're in a place, you say, I just can't forgive them. I just can't forgive them. Your heart's hard. Your heart's hard. And when your heart's hard, it can't receive the word. It's going to be difficult for, for God to speak to you. Another reason is just pride. Just pride. I got this. I'm doing good. I don't, I don't really need God to speak to me that much. I mean, I'll go to church. And I'll do all that. But I don't, I don't really need him. Like, I'm not going to actually be led by him. I'm led by me. I got this. Did you know that it is impossible for human beings to walk in a straight line without a point of reference? Now, don't use that as an excuse next time you have to do a sobriety test. Officer, the pastor said it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. Why? Because humans have a tendency to lean. And so if they try to walk in a straight line without a point of reference... They ultimately just walk in big circles. Uh, almost all of us, the reason why is because one leg is slightly shorter than the other. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> I love that. I love how God physically and spiritually created us to have to have a point of reference. that if we don't know what we're walking towards and we don't have someone guiding us along the way, we will walk in circles and cycles. And I just wanna, I wanna just speak to your heart. If you're in a place where you feel like you've got it and you don't really need to hear God, man, enjoy your circles. You're going to keep seeing the same things over and over again in your life until you get back to a point of reference and the Holy Spirit as your guide so you can walk the path that God has for you. Another thing, I must carve out some Selah or Sela. I've heard both. Selah, what is Selah? It's this cool word in the Old Testament. In Psalms, it's, it's actually used 74 times, uh, 71 times in Psalms and three times in, in Habakkuk. But this word, it, it means to pause. It means to pause. It means to listen, to stop and reflect. And many times in the Psalms, it literally means this. This is cool. It means to let music play in the background as you focus on the things of God that you, you've got to stop. You've got to slow down. But this is something that you have to be really intentional about. We've got to make time to hear him. We've got to make time in our busy schedules that we carve out Selah. I'm going to stop. I need Jesus. Whatever it takes 
I've got to make time for him. And I know for some of you, and I can relate to this, for some of you, it's like, look, it feels like the only way I'm going to get time like that is I'm going to have to tie my kids up and give them Benadryl and put tape over their mouths because that's the only way that I'm going to have. But this is what I find. I find that you have time in your life for what you prioritize. Uh, you have time in your life for what's most important. And here's the thing. Some of you, man, my hat's off to you for, for the focus and the time that you spend with your kids. Incredible. But here's the thing. They were never meant to be more important than your time with God. And, and I've seen this play out so many times. And, and I'm going to be there at one point or another, but I've seen this play out where when your kids get later in high school, college, young adults, and they hit a tough time, they're going to appreciate the fact that you took them to all the games and you did all that stuff with them and then you spent all that time. They're, they'll appreciate that. But what they're going to need in that moment is the example that you spent making God your number one focus. Is that they saw you spending time with your creator and your heavenly father and it put a desire in them to do the same thing because at the end of the day, they're gonna need that way more than everything else and everything else is fine, but you have to keep the main thing the main thing and the only way it's gonna happen is you have to find your Selah. Verse six says, other seed fell in shallow soil with rocks beneath. This seed began to grow, but soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Verse 13 says, those on the rock are the ones to receive the word with joy, but when they, and they hear it, but they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. Just as a hardened path represents a closed mind, the shallow soil represents a superficial mind. Where maybe you could come to church and say, man, that was so good. It's like a great service. You know, worship was incredible. And the message was, ah. man, that just spoke to me. Man, that, man, God just like rocked my world today. I got chill bumps. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and say, Pastor James, man, that was a word for me, man. That was, I felt like God just spoke straight to my heart. Like people have come and said, but here's the deal. A month down the road, there's no fruit. There's no change. Why? Because there was, it might have been a good word, but it didn't. It didn't find deep soil. It found a superficial mind where it's, it's, it's a great feeling for a little bit, but man, what? Look, when you get a word from God, God wants it to go down deep to the bedrock of your character and your personality and change you. But if you don't plan time your schedule will run your life and you will be shallow in the things of God.
and your ability to hear his voice and respond to. Number three, I must remove the things that choke God's word in my life. I must remove the things that choke God's word in my, in my life, in me. Verse seven, other seed fell among the thorns or weeds in different translations, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Verse 14 talks about what this is comparing to. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they grow, they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Worries, riches, and pleasure choke your life. Anybody ever choked before? Anybody choked before? You ever remember fireballs? I loved fireballs. I love having those things. They were like the worst choking hazard ever. But man, when you choke, it's scary. Like all of a sudden, you just the air is gone, you know? You start blacking out. It is a scary, scary deal. But here's the thing. This is not talking about that kind of choking. This is much more gradual. It's hard to always see it happening, to identify it. Because here's the thing. The farmer that's throwing the seed is not like, oh, there's some weeds. I'm going to throw some seed over there. No, there wasn't weeds there to start with. There wasn't weeds there to start with. It, it began to grow, and it was actually growing well, but then weeds are allowed in, and then the weeds begin to choke. Your brain does not operate well without the proper amount of oxygen. A little while back, Pastor uh, Marcus Brown, he's our pastor at our Fort Smith campus, he asked me if I would go with him because one of his bucket lists was to climb a 14-er, 14,000 foot peak. And so we went out to Colorado and he wanted to climb Pike's Peak. Here's the thing, he's from Louisiana, which is not very high in elevation. And he wanted to climb this. And so I did everything I could to kind of try to get him prepared. But here's the deal, it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in, you can't necessarily prepare for altitude because you're, you're just not used to it. Your lungs aren't used to it. And so when you look at mountains, the reason why there's a tree line, in other words, a place where the trees stop growing, is typically not just because of weather, but also because the oxygen gets thinner. And so we were hiking up Pikes Peak, and we got above tree line, and all of a sudden, man, it's kind of like a person being drunk, honestly. Like, they just don't function well at all. And I knew the moment he called me sweetie that something was happening inside of him. <laughs> And I, I, you know, I thought there could be something he maybe just needs some deliverance and healing from, but more than likely it was a lack of oxygen. And so, so he just starts acting goofy. So I, I put him in front of me so I could just kind of keep an eye on him. Well, as we're getting up further up on the mountain, there's this one place where there's a switchback, but if you walk straight past the switchback, there's this thousand foot cliff on the side of the mountain or you can go and look out over this thing. It's, it's really actually pretty incredible, also very dangerous, but because he's kind of in this place where he's just kind of doing this thing, walking. He's not looking what's ahead of him, and I happen to be on the phone with Cody at the time. So I'm talking with her. I was actually FaceTiming. <laughs> she was in Russia. It's kind of cool. And so I was FaceTiming with Cody, but not really paying attention at the moment to Marcus. Marcus walked right past the, the, the switchback and just kept walking straight. He's about, you know, 20 feet up ahead of me. And I'm like, hold on, sweetheart. <laughs> I ran ahead and I grabbed the back of his back. I said, let's just go this way instead. Let's just run back this way. Come on, let's go. 
A lack of oxygen will cause you to do really stupid things. Make bad decisions. If the word of God is getting choked off in your life, you're going to make really bad decisions. You're going to make really stupid decisions. And these, these weeds, what do they represent? Worry. Pleasure. Wealth. Is, am I saying, man, we, we all just need to go and move on to a convent and we're going to make our own butter and own clothes and we're just going to, you know, make special Kool-Aid and drink it every day. No, I'm not saying that it's bad to have wealth. And I'm not saying that it's bad to have things. I'm not saying that it's bad to be happy. I'm just saying it's bad when those things own you. When those things own you, it'll choke out the word of God in your life and, and you, it'll cause you to make bad decisions and lead you away from what God would have for you. Let me ask you a really deep theological question. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? Not weed. <laughs> weeds. Some guys are like, actually. <laughs> I just moved here from Colorado. And uh, you gotta water. I don't know why potheads always talk like that, but I guess, I mean, they do. That's why I know some of you are potheads, because when I greet you in the morning, (laughs) so glad you're here. Hope God sets you free. (laughs) The difference between growing a plant and growing weeds is neglect. That's all it is. It's not hard to grow weeds just neglect. Just quit paying attention to it. They'll come. They'll come. They'll be there. Which is why my yard looks really neglected right now. If you're not intentional about finding the weeds that have grown up in your life and getting rid of them, they will choke out what God has for you. And here's the thing. You're the only one that can make the decision to put on the gloves and go pull them out. Go yank them out. Get rid of those things that are choking God's word in your life. Number four, I think it's important that you value his voice. Value his voice. Set an appointment. I don't think this is something that's going to happen on accident. Like, oh, it's just awesome. Like, every day I just so, just so happen to just, you know, have a few minutes every day where I just get this really deep, intimate time with God. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and, and honestly, I, I would suggest that if that is happening too often, maybe you're, you know, not really being intentional about what God's asking you to do with your time. But I, I find in my own life, I find in my own life, and I wish, like, I, I'm not, not going to pretend like, man, I, I just hear the voice of God audibly all day long. Now, some people think like pastors have like this phone between them and God, you know, like the Batman phone. He just rings me anytime he wants to tell me something. It's hard for me to hear the voice of God, honestly. That's why I have to be really intentional about planning time to hear from him. I make it happen. I plan the time. And I find that that God shows up in a prepared environment. 
the most important prepared environment is your heart, it's your mind. But, but for you, 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 a lot of times the way that you're going to hear is you actually have to prepare the environment that's around you. You're going to have to get it quiet. Maybe get some worship music playing, but you're going to, you have to be intentional about this. But if you value it, if you value it, you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you've, you've got that time in that place. And I think it's important that when you go, that you come with an attitude of obedience. Come with an attitude of obedience because here's the thing. I think, honestly, God may have spoken to a lot of you multiple times, but you didn't follow through with what he told you. And so he's kind of like at a place like, look, as soon as you're teachable and I'll, I'll start speaking again, but you're gonna, you need to follow through with what I'm asking you to do. But, but having an attitude of obedience, you make the decision before you go into that time, God, whatever you want to speak to me, that's what I want to hear. And if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Honestly, I'm, I'm naturally a pretty selfish person. I, I may be like the most selfish person in my family because there's times when I just want to do what I want to do. Like I, I'm worn out. I don't, I don't want to do, no, I don't want to jump on the trampoline. No, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna do those things. So I have to make the decision before I get into those environments that I'm gonna be open and willing. So the other day, Cody came up to me and you know you can tell, husbands, you can tell when your wife's about to ask you to do something. Like their voice sounds slightly sweeter than it normally sounds. Like, whoa, here it comes. What's coming? They're gonna ask me to do something. Well, I, Cody came to ask me to do something and I made the decision. Whatever she asks me to do, I'm going to do it. Dangerous, right? Not only am I going to do it, but I'm going to do it with a good attitude. (laughs) Hello. I made that decision. I think it's important for you to make the same decision with hearing the voice of God. God, before you even speak, I'm going to listen. I'm going to be obedient. In our house, you say you'd be obedient with a happy heart because obedience without a happy heart is almost the same as disobedience. But valuing it enough that you put yourself in that position. Imagine, imagine if, if as you were driving up to the church property, imagine as if you were pulling into this parking lot, if you prayed that prayer, God, whatever you want to speak to us today, we are open and we'll be obedient. Imagine if that was a prayer that happened in your home. Because you value your heavenly father speaking to you. Verse 15 says, the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word of God and retain it. By persevering, they produce a good crop. By persevering, okay? So it's not saying like, oh, it's just easy. No, you're gonna have to persevere. But if you do, It goes on to say that it multiplied the crop that was produced up to a hundred times what was supposed to produce. That is what I want for you. I want multiplication of God's blessing, of his fruitfulness, of his spirit, of the fruit of the spirit in your lives. It comes by hearing his voice. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. 
one of the most important places for you to hear the voice of God is when he first calls you to be his own. When he calls you to be his son or his daughter. That's the most important time. And I remember, I remember very clearly, I remember when God called me the first time when he spoke and he called me to surrender my life. I remember it. And here's the thing. Since then, there have been many seasons where I've had different types of soil in my heart. There's been times when I've been hurt and offended and my heart has been hard to the things of God. Other times when I've been way too busy and way too interested in just being entertained and doing what I wanted to do, that I was shallow and superficial. And other times when I was doing good things, but those good things were choking out my opportunity to hear his voice. I've been in all the seasons. I've, I've experienced them all. But there is nothing more important when he calls you home, when he calls you back to rededicate your life or calls you to respond to the gift of salvation for the first time, that you say, I hear you. I'm going to respond. If you're here today and you've never responded to that call, you've never responded to his voice saying, man, come home, son or daughter. It's time to surrender your life. I want to save you from your sin. And if you'll make me your Lord, man, it's going to be a life that you never could have imagined. And if you're here today and you've never done that, or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him, I want to pray for you. And all I'm going to ask you to do is just as a sign of faith, I think it'll help you. It'll confirm it in you. And because I want to know who I'm praying with, I'm just going to ask you, if that's you, will you put your hand up right now? And as soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Got it. Anybody else? Got it. Got it. Anybody else? I just need to surrender my life to God, rededicate it. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? I just need to get right with God today. Anybody else? Got it, buddy. Thanks, man. Anybody else? Okay. Somebody's just being really stubborn right now. I just felt like the Lord's kind of, it's, it's like the combination of the hard heart because you've been hurt maybe been hurt by church or hurt by a pastor or something like that. A combination between that and just that's allowed pride to come in. And, and I want you to know that this, God is specifically wants you to know that he's pursuing you. He's pursuing you. And as hard as you may be towards him, man, he has not given up on you. And I want to give you a chance to respond if that's you. person that just raised their hand. Meet with him right now. It's amazing how you pursue us, how you love us. If you raise your hand at some point, 
I think it's important you let somebody know about this decision. The word says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you'll be saved. And so you need to tell somebody. A lot of that's just for, it's, just, it's important for you because those people are gonna help support you and encourage you in your walk. But, but right there in your chair, just have an honest conversation with God. You don't have to know all the right words to say, but just say something like, God, here's my life. And I know that I'm messed up. And I know that I can't fix myself. And I know that I've sinned and I know I've made a lot of mistakes. And I know that I, I cannot save myself. And I know my heart has not been in the right place. But right now, I just believe in faith that you sent your son Jesus for me, to die for me, for this heart, for my life, for my mistakes. And I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that I've, I know that I'm without Jesus. I'm separated from you. And, and I'm asking right now that you don't just save me. I, I'm so thankful for that, but I but also wanna surrender my life to you as my Lord. I don't wanna live for myself, I wanna live for you. I wanna live the way you have me to live because doing it on my own certainly hasn't worked out. So come and be my Lord and Savior, be my best friend. Change me from the inside out. Let my heart be open to what you wanna say, what you wanna speak. God, that is a prayer of every one of us. Some of us, we're in love with you. we have a relationship with you, but we've just allowed our hearts to creep in one of these places. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit helps reveal those things that shows you show us where we're at so that we can, so we can let you soften us, so you can let us deepen us, so we can let you pull the weeds and heal us. I thank you for that. We wanna live in that place, God, of openness to you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We probably had 12 or 15 people, I think, raise their hand to get right with Jesus. Let's give God a hand for that. Come on, we're thankful for that. Praise God.